Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schneck. Very much looking forward to this conversation. As I've been uh, getting a little older myself, I've been beginning to think about what my career track looks like for the next uh, 10 to 20 years. And I think this guy wrote this book just for me because it speaks to where I think our retirement planning and how we age and how we think about revenue and resources. It's changing. It's a lot different from, say, my parents' generation and what they did and what they prepared for. So this is going to be a great conversation. A lot to think about here. Let's get to it. We're joined this morning by George Schofield. He's the author of a new book called How Do I Get There From Here? George, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Well, it's good to have you. I appreciate you making time to uh, join us on the show today. Much to discuss here. I have a feeling there's a lot here. We may not be able to get it all in this first conversation. Uh, Methinks we'll have to have you back on the show a few times here or there and continue these discussions because they're so critical. And uh, I worry that a lot of people out there aren't thinking long-term on these kinds of yeah. life choices. And, and uh, there's a lot we can do to help people think about the future and prepare for the future. So uh, we're grateful to you for your time and grateful to you for writing this book, which is so well, cr- you're, you're welcome. And, and there's one truth here that I'd like to respond to in what you just said. Not only are people not thinking long-term or they're sticking with the f- old familiar models, but the people who are selling organizations who are selling us goods and services having to do with retirement and our own aging actually aren't advancing either. So they're using the same old language to sell us services that we're thinking in. There's no catalyst for our changing our thinking. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So you probably just began to answer this next question with that last comment, but uh, why did you have to write this book? I mean, I, I because retirement planning and, and thinking about how we age and how we're going to remain active in our in our as we get into our retirement years, uh, there's a lot changing. Is that why you wrote this book? Yes, I wrote the book because the world is shifting so much, and actually, from my standpoint, our languages. Our images, the words we choose, the images we use, the metaphors we use have completely failed us to keep up with the realities of our lives at this point. So when in our parents' day, people really saw life as four stages. The first stage would be childhood. The second stage would be education. The third stage would be work and family. And the fourth stage would be retirement, as if retirement were both an organic phase of life, and an entitlement. What's changed is, first of all, if we live longer, in the old days, if you retired at 65 and you died at 70 or 72, that looked like retirement. What happens if you retire at 65 now and you live to be 95? Will you have the money? Will you have the current education? Will you have the ability to live a full life for 30 years? I think it's going to be really hard for people to retire and coast and be able to afford it for 30 to 40 years. 
Well, you know, I think about my parents who are in their retirement years and they made good decisions earlier in their career and had a nice uh, nest egg. They have pensions coming in. They have Social Security coming in. They have all the traditional ways of thinking about retirement. That's all changing. I mean, I'll be perfectly frank with you, George. I'm not planning on Social Security. I'm not sure it's going to exist when I get to that age. And you don't have a pension either. Well, of course not, because I never had that. My dad had that long, distinguished uh, corporate career yeah. and retired with the, yeah. you know, with the with the wristwatch yeah. and all that. And I didn't. I'm not having that. And I, I'm making some different decisions. But talk about how retirement is so different today versus where it's going. Well, in the old retirement, which we referred to as the golden years, they automatically meant the final years of our lives. I think the word retirement really needs to be retired because it doesn't work for us anymore. In fact, I wrote a blog called The Many Faces of Retirement. We're stuck. We have that word to represent a time in which we might continue to work. We need to generate income. We certainly need to go back to back to school if we're going to if we're going to work long term. Our friends may begin to age and not be able to keep up with us or move to be near their children. We may not want to stay in the same house. There are lots and lots of changes coming with the new aging, which is really what I would prefer to call it, as opposed to retirement. I personally have no intention of retiring, and it's not appealing to me at all. Well, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking the same thing. With the the way I've set up my my business and how I uh, uh, how I interact with with the world in terms of bringing in revenue. I mean, I don't intend to retire until I die, <laughs> because right. I what I right. do is I I make a living by having cool conversations with people such as yourself, and I don't I don't I don't, I don't need to end that. I mean, this is something That's that I right. can keep doing. Now that will evolve, and that and will you change. You don't have to do it sixty hours a week either. Right, you can scale it up and scale it down. So I think. Owning your own business or using your own time to sell whatever you're good at in a way in which you're in control is really one of the coming trends. That's going to be very hard for people who have long-term corporate employment and have never had to do that before. It's an appealing idea, but it's a very different lifestyle. Well, there's... um dramatically oversimplifying this question for purposes of our discussion, but I look at it as there's really two ways you can look at what we're talking about here, and that's it's you're, you're someone like you and I who have been thinking about this and have set ourselves up this way, and so the shifts that you're talking about are much easier to make, and in fact, it's just a, a, a gentle evolution of what you're currently doing to kind of do it the way that you're going to suggest, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But then there's the person who is in that traditional corporate career right now where they have the 9-to-5 job that probably doesn't have a pension plan in place, It probably doesn't have any kind of retirement, and frankly, most people aren't doing a very good job of the financial decisions now towards saving for retirement. So if you're in that second class, so you're the person who's not set up currently to think about these multiple types of revenue streams that you talk about, how do you begin to make that shift? Well, it depends upon, first of all, it depends upon your capacity. Age is no longer a number. I know young 90-year-olds and old 65-year-olds. So if we look at making the transition, it certainly isn't age-based. It involves what I call active intent. 
what is it I imagine for myself? Who would I like to be in my future? What would it take to have that happen? And what am I needing to work on now that will serve me well later? And that's actually a fair amount of work, and it's the way to make it happen. What kind of work's entailed there? I mean, someone who, who, who's never thought along these lines, this is completely foreign to them. I mean, what are the initial steps they need to take to, to begin to transition to this new way of thinking? So I actually do a lot of work with couples and individuals. I'm a developmental psychologist and an organizational psychologist. I'm not a therapist because for me, this isn't about therapy. The first question that I usually ask people is, who would you like to be in the future? Yeah. What kind of a life would you like to lead? Who would you like to have in your life? How would you like to spend your time? And what are the resources you're going to need to, uh, to have that happen? You know, I think it's important to take a, a, a quick minute here and, and, and speak to the 60-year-old who's listening to this and says, oh, it's too late for me to be thinking about who I want to be in the future. I am in my future. I say bunk to that, right? I, I do too, because if you're 60 or 65 and saying that, if you're planning on dying at 68, maybe you can just coast. But if you're going to live to 88 or 98, I the people that I work with who are really motivated to do the work when, when I'm working with coaching them, None of them just want to coast for 20 or 30 years. They're really smart and they're engaged, but they haven't had these experiences before. And they're learning all new stuff. They can't just rely on what worked before. I guess before we go to break, it probably makes sense to just throw in here a quick discussion around this. I don't know how much you talk about this, uh, but I think the population out there is beginning to become aware of some of the steps they can take to to change their 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 habits in terms of how they live, in terms of feeding and exercising themselves, and and yeah. I, there's there's a lot to that. I mean, the, 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 our bodies are designed to be active, and there are actually steps you can take in terms of thinking about how you exercise and how you do some strength training and how you eat that you Absolutely. can you could you could slow aging significantly, and then you can be very productive. You talk about you know very young ninety year olds. Those are those are the people I'm talking about. I mean, that's really yes. important part of this, right? And those are people who usually hang out with really active friends because while we can talk about exercise and we can talk about a whole variety of things and they're very important, it seems to me part of remaining young or not overly aging is dependent on who we hang out with. How stimulating are these people? Do they bring us new information? Do we enjoy engaging with them? Do they know things that we don't know? Those are all really critical factors to health also. All right. Uh, George and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. In today's workplace, business leaders face significant pressure to recruit and retain the best employees, to effectively build a team, to create a culture that is healthy, productive, and dynamic, and to empower their staff in managing stress and finding balance. And behind all those pressures is one goal, to strengthen and grow the business. And too many organizations struggle with this. Unlimited Coaching Solutions provides customized strategies and training to help reach your goals and take your teams to the next level. Call them today at 585-248-9322 or find them online at unlimitedcoaching.com. All right, I'm back with George Schofield. We're talking about his latest book, How Do I Get There From Here? So, 
George, let's get into how we're actually going to do this. So the book advocates that you should just forget building this nest egg, stop focusing on a number, and, and instead you should develop businesses or opportunities that will provide you with revenue well into your golden years. How do you do that? Well, let's back up just a step and say, I'm not suggesting people not save and not build a nest egg. I am suggesting that most people who are in their 50s and 60s can't possibly save enough money between now and the time they stop working in their 70s or 80s to make the gap that will give them the money, the rest of the money they need. So I certainly am in, for, in favor of, of investing, and I'm certainly in favor of saving. But I, for most people who have a very small amount of retirement savings, they're going to have to look at some way of generating additional revenue. That can look like starting a small business now of their own. It could be an online business or whatever. That's just part-time that they can step into and grow after they give up their full-time, five-day-a-week work. Another form of anticipating revenue generation is by having a full or part-time job. There are a lot of people now who are working part-time, and the revenue is fine from that, but they may be working for health care benefits. We really need to not lose track of that. So there is self-employment, there is working for somebody else, there's buying into a business, especially a smaller business where you can become a player, and then there is the whole notion of discontinuous change. We don't know what the opportunities will be, and if people don't begin to imagine or see the things that haven't been there before as their opportunities, then they're really missing a very important piece of it. Boy, I, I can't emphasize enough how important that, that mindset is, is that you, know, you cannot be afraid of change. And, and you're right. I mean, as we sit here, I mean, we're uh, in my in my view here, George, I'm thinking of someone who's roughly my age. I'm in my upper 40s and and I, I still have many years left of what we would what we would used to call, you know, your working years. Uh, but as we as we alluded to in the top half of the show, I mean, I don't ever see that ending for me. I, but there are a lot of people, particularly the people who aren't thinking the way that we're suggesting here and are in that nine to five, 40 hours a week job, uh, and they dread Sunday nights because they have to go to work Monday morning. Uh, change is something that's probably frightening to them because I think the fact that they already are not embracing that is why they're stuck in what I would consider a, a, an old school way of, of thinking about career. Now, right. so how do you, I mean, what are the steps you have to take to begin to change that mindset, to begin to embrace change, begin to relish change, and, and begin to see that is how you can make your later years exciting, is diving into this and, and being unafraid of tackling these new things that, that you know, five years hence, we, did, we don't even know are going to come. I mean, we ought to be are looking at that as an exciting opportunity, not as something to dread, right? Well, that's, that's one approach. Another approach is, if you're familiar with pain management, pain management doesn't mean pain is eradicated. It means it's manageable. Yeah. The same thing for fear and anxiety. If you're going to look at something you've never done before, it, for some people, it simply won't work to not feel anxious. So the goal would be not to say, well, if you're feeling anxious or if you're afraid, you're failing. Instead, we'd have to say, how do we make this manageable? When I'm doing... Say I'm working in I'm in Florida, working with someone in Wyoming or California, and we're working on Skype and doing coaching. What I usually ask them to do is to find three different people who are older than they are, who've gone down some of the paths that they're interested in, 
And then uh, we work to come up with a list of questions. Where are you now? How did you get there? What do you wish you'd known in advance? One came, what came as a pleasant surprise? What's been a disappointment? Because the only way to do it effectively is you can't just rely on yourself to figure it out. You really need to get out and grow your network and anticipate the fact that people out there who are pioneering are ahead of you, and you can learn a lot from them, but you need to ask the smart questions. I guess it's important also to talk about uh, when you went through the list of the different ways you could conceivably do this in terms of starting your own business or buying into one or doing some part-time work or, or all the different ways you suggested, probably is important to, to consider and remember that you, you need to do some work to maintain and update your marketable skills, right? I mean, that's something that if, if you're going to get into this mindset, that's a process, frankly, that never should end, right? Yes. And that's actually another of the big revolutions that's going on. In previous times, you could go to college, you could get an undergraduate degree and maybe a master's, but what you majored in would pretty much determine your career course for the rest of your life. If you majored in pharmacy, you might be a pharmacist, pharmacist for the rest of your life. Right. If, you manage, right. if you majored in forestry, you might be a forester for the rest of your life. That's really unlikely today. So one thing is there's this huge shift, in not, not in the importance, but in the place of college education because no matter what you study the shelf life of knowledge and expertise is so much shorter than it used to be that no matter how what kind of degree you get undergraduate masters you're going to spend the rest of your life periodically going out and being certified in whatever the new software or the new accounting or the new chemistry or the new knowledge is because if you don't do that one you won't have the expertise if you're in your own business and two if you don't do that you won't be employable because it's a guarantee that you will have you'll be limited to old knowledge well, what do you say to the guy right now who's 65 and says george are you saying I need to get like a profile on LinkedIn here? I mean, I, 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 I've made this. I've worked for the same corporation for thirty years, and I don't. I, how the heck am I actually going to develop and, and re up my marketable skills? And, and how do I communicate that to the world? I mean, they're going to look at us. Uh, I just came off a trade show where I interviewed some some folks who were in their sixties, and, and they were saying uh, I'm not very digitally savvy, and so you know I don't really know how to speak to those kinds of things, and and, and I, I worry that someone's going to look at that and say, I'm just not equipped to be marketable, in, in quotes, in my later years. I mean, I, they're probably intimidated by that. Anything to so say that, there? Absolutely. Well, that was one of the ideas behind the book. How do I get there from here? Yeah. Because we have, we have in the past had this notion, if someone graduated from college in 1968 and went to work for one of the major auto manufacturers, Ford or General Motors or, or Toyota or whomever, they could pretty much guarantee that they could retire 30, 30 years later. They could stay with the same employer. The, the career ladder would be stable. And there was a there to get to at the end. That's no longer true. So one of the really stimulating pieces for me when I wrote the book was, well, if there isn't a there anymore, and it may move just because I make a decision today, it doesn't necessarily mean that what I want will actually be there 20 years from now. I actually back up and, and say, as I said to you, if I'm working with people, who do you want to be? Who would you like to have in your life? How would you like to spend your, spend your time? 
What are you going to need to be good at? And then we go from there to doing, and you, you saw this when you read the book, a current inventory, because the place when you're doing this to start, other than sort of a cursory look at what you might like your future to look at, look like, the place to start is where are you now? Not just money. Money is important. What are your skills? Do you have the right networks? Do you have the right technical expertise? The fellow who sold me my car last year, the auto salesperson, bragged, who was then 69, bragged to me that he didn't have a cell phone and he didn't, ha he didn't want one. To which I responded, how do you communicate with your grandchildren? Because my grandchildren text. Yep. And if I didn't have that savvy, it's not just about my, my professional life. It's also about my personal life. If I want to stay connected to younger generations, they're not always going to come to where I am. I'm going to have to know how to go to where they are, too. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. You know, I, I, I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I am, I'm going to assume that when you talk about these kinds of things, you know, updating remarkable skills and, and, and appreciating and respecting technology because it is probably going to enable you to be connected to the younger generations – I think the people that hear that message probably fall into two camps, and one of them is is the oh geez, I dread this process. What a this I don't know what this isn't really right for me. How am I going to do this? All the usual excuses, and then the other camp are those that say, "Ooh, this this is like a chance for almost reinventing myself. How exciting! I mean, that's how you should look at this, right? This is this is a new way to kind of invigorate things in my life and make it exciting, yeah." Absolutely, but we have to be careful of the language. A lot of people, when we say reinvent themselves, think, oh, I have to let go of everything I've been and everything I've done and completely be a new and different person. That's not true at all. When I'm working with people, I say, okay, what is of value that you have and are and can do that we want to bring into the future? And what do you really like? But it's not going to be of value, and you're going to have to let go of with appreciation because it will not serve you well going down the road. Mm, yeah, very, very fair point. All right, well, shoot. I only have 300 different questions I want to ask. We're, <laughs> unfortunately, we're out of time for today, George. Uh, so I me thinks, uh, as I suggested earlier, we are going to have to get you back on. There's a lot of different important directions we need to take this and go deeper on some of these topics. Uh, but uh, as for today, uh, we are about out of time. So before I let you go... Should anyone have any questions uh, about what we talked about today, if they want to learn more about your work and the consulting that you're doing, and most importantly, if they want to get their hands on a copy of the book, uh, where do they go? Well, let's, let, let's take those in order of appearance. If they want to know the most about me, they would go to my website, which is worldwideweb.georgescofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D, georgescofield.com. That's the first thing. If they want to email me, it's easy, george at georgescofield.com. If they want a copy of the book, all they have to do is go to the book tab on my website, and that will take them to the places that they can buy the book. And the book's also available on Amazon, correct? And the book is available on Amazon, and you can obtain it through your local independent or brick-and-mortar bookstore also. Outstanding. George Schofield, the author of the new book, How Do I Get There From Here? George, a real pleasure to have you. Thanks kindly for making the time to join. I appreciate the time, sir. I'll look forward to next time. All right. It's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, George Schofield, I am Todd Schneck. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. 
Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.